time together today. We pray that you would bless our hearing and our listening. We thank you for uh, these four who are willing to share. We pray, Lord, that you would bless them, that their words would be uh, an encouragement to themselves and to you and to this congregation. Uh, Lord, we desire to be useful to you. you. You have made us useful in our gifting, but we want to be gifting in our willingness and in our character and in our practice, Lord. And so continue to shape us and encourage us as we seek after you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so um, in First Tim- Second Timothy chapter 1, Paul is talking to a young pastor. And um, he's encouraging him about his faithfulness and his calling. Uh, being a pastor is sometimes challenging. And Timothy had been dealing with some challenges. And so in his second letter to Timothy that we have, uh, Paul writes, he says, I recall your sincere faith that first uh, lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now, um, I am convinced, is also in you. Therefore, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. And so this whole passage and Paul's encouragement of Timothy is don't, don't be afraid of the calling that you have in your life. Don't be afraid of the gifts God has given you because God put those in you intentionally. In fact, Paul says, I remember uh, this faith isn't unique to you, but your grandmother had faith and your mother had faith. So he's encouraging him. Look at those who went before you. And then beyond that, I myself know of the faith that I found in you when I laid my hands on you to pray for you, uh, that you would receive the Holy Spirit. And so uh, Paul is telling Timothy, hey, remember looking back what God did and then look forward, not with fear, but recognize that God's power is in you, his dynamic work and his love is in you and this sound judgment and the opportunities that he's giving you. Uh, And so I've invited these four to share because I think that they uh, have a good testimony of this, that each of them has served uh, using their gifts in many ways. And I'd like you to understand by the end of their talking, not that they're gifted only, right? It'd be good if you knew that but specifically that God has gifted you, each of you, in a unique way so that you specifically might serve him in the ways that he has called you to serve. So it's a a foundational knowledge of being a disciple of Jesus, and we want you to have that knowledge even more so today. All right, so um, without further ado... Or a don't. Or a don't. Oh, Connie's really good with wordplay. She makes me suffer a lot. Um, we're going to get into our panel questions. And to keep me on track, I have note cards. So, all right. So um, You're not the only one. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> I figured. Um, Connie, and we're, we're going to answer each question sequentially. So they're all going to answer the same question. Uh, we're going to stay on track that way. Uh, can you please briefly share your testimony of putting your faith in Jesus? I'd love to. And I'm using, this is I'm using um, notes because I'm the most random person in this room. I can find something to shout squirrel or shiny about before anybody else. I lose track of things. Um, My short testimony is that I came to personal faith in Jesus Christ. After hearing a sermon that stressed it was for each person to decide, mom and dad, loving Jesus didn't do anything towards my salvation. So at eight years old, I asked Jesus to be my savior. Not until I was in seventh grade did I realize there was more. So I rededicated my life to Christ as my Lord and Savior. I was 13 when I accepted Christ as my Savior. And believe it or not, 
um, that was at Spirit Lake Boy Scout Camp. Um, the chaplain at camp that year was a guy named Doug Valenzuela. Some of you actually may know him. He was a CBFMS missionary in Italy. And uh, he was a uh, student at Multnomah, uh, well, at that time, Multnomah School of the Bible, or Mythnomah School of the Bubble, as we called it. Um, <laughs> but um, he explained to us at the campfire circle one evening that without Christ, we were lost. And I'd never heard that really before. And it just hit me that, hey, this is something I need to do in order to live. So anyhow, that's my short testimony. Thanks, John. When I was two and a half years old, my birth mother passed away. And on my birthday, when I was three, my dad remarried. And about a year later, that lady led me to Christ in our living room on a blue Davino, as we called it then. And I, my whole logic was to be in heaven with Christ and my mother who had died. And that was as complicated as it was for me then. I had a Sunday school teacher when I was about 10 that asked us if we wanted to pray to accept Jesus, and I did. But uh, because my family didn't attend church or talk about God or read the Bible, um, it was a pretty distant relationship. When I was about 18, I had a personal crisis, and I called on Jesus to help me, and he did. He didn't want to start first. Look at that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like reloading the rifle, right? It's good. Um, Connie, this is a two-part question, and the next one has three parts. I'm a terrible question writer, apparently. Um, how would you describe your spiritual gift, and how does God use your gift? I'm answering these questions generally, so not each question as they sure. appear, okay. just generally. My spiritual giftings are the word of knowledge, faith, service, and at various times, teaching and mercy. I know that these are gifts to be used for the equipping of the saints from Ephesians 4, 7 through 12. It's for the work of the ministry and for the building up of the body of Christ. God has revealed these gifts at different times in my life. Service and mercy were evident very early when I was 10 or 12. Um, during those times, I would be the one to come alongside a sibling. So while we heard in Ephesians that it was uh, gifting to be used to build up the body of Christ, my sister now is in the body of Christ. So God was using me in her life before she knew she'd be a believer. Um, Teaching, well, I homeschooled my children, and through uh, fifth grade I homeschooled them, and before that I taught first grade Sunday school, 
and also taught fifth and sixth grade girls club. But God clearly gifted me in teaching for only that season. I just, it, it wasn't effective for me to be in the teaching role while others were eminently capable. As a newly married woman and while the girls were young, I have three daughters. I was told I had word of knowledge, and God has confirmed that for me many times. And while I may have knowledge of things, teaching about them, for some strange reason, it's a different gifting. So, um, I've done some testing for what are my spiritual gifts, and faith has always been very high on the list. I know that 1 Corinthians 12 talks about our, using our gifts properly, and Ephesians 4 reminds us that the gifts are to be used, as I said, for the equipping of the saints. God has used my gifts of mercy and service in the church nursery, with my siblings as a parent, in choir, in worship team, on kitchen ministry, all sorts of various areas for using those uh, works of service and other giftings that I have. To me, word of knowledge means, um, specifically in the spiritual sense, knowing what the scripture says about something. And um, there's also a general sense in life, we would call that common sense. My daughter has much more common sense and street sense than I have, but I feel from what I've learned that I have the word of knowledge. Awesome. Okay. So like a clarity in a moment, this is what God's word says about the topic that we're dealing with. Okay. That's great. She different from wisdom. Sure. Yeah. And I can say this because it's my wife. Um, she also has the ability to speak into others' lives that word that oh, she knows. Okay. okay. So it's, it's a double yeah. piece there. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. And that's actually a different form of teaching, right? Like yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. Okay, spiritual gifts. The one that I kind of focus in on is service. Um, my wife tells me I have exhortation. We'll see. Um, We've seen. <laughs> she says she's seen. Um, service and, and helps um, from, uh, from Romans. Uh, I have... Uh, Sometimes had uh, worked with teaching. Um, I've led Bible studies. I've led small groups. Um, taught Sunday school. Flint and I team taught uh, Sunday school for a while. Um, another gifting that I've got, I believe, is giving. Um, I love to give um, time. I love to give my resources, and uh, and that's something uh, that that I love to do. Um, so how has that uh, played out for me? Well, I'm sure that a lot of times you see me sitting in the back there where Kelly is. Um, <laughs> I love running the sound system, um, all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes with that. Um, I like doing, um, I'm technical enough to be dangerous. So... <laughs> I, I like doing uh, technical things with electronics. Um, for instance, I, I did the, uh, the install of the live stream uh, cameras and uh, 
and that setup. Um, but that, that's just, that's a gifting, I believe, that God's given me and, and an interest in my life. Um, that, uh, you know, I started uh, working with that when I was in high school. And I, I just have always enjoyed that. Um, I love helping others. Um, I've served in a number of different uh, roles. Uh, treasurer, I was treasurer here for five years or a little more. Um, I've been treasurer in other churches. Um, I work with NAB Northwest as uh, part of their executive committee to help with their finances. Um, and, uh, you know, those are the kinds of things I enjoy doing, and I believe that's what God's gifted me in. Great. Thanks, Rocky. Well, I believe I have two gifts. One is the gift of encouragement, and one is the gift of service. I believe I have these gifts because I was identified as having these gifts from the pulpit by two different pastors at two different times, neither of which have ever identified anybody before or since that I'm aware of. The reason the one pastor identified me as having a gift of service is I mowed the grass. By mowing grass, I mean 12 hours a week mowing grass. I don't know why the other pastor identified me have the gift of encouragement, but I will demonstrate it at the risk of, if I embarrass you, not intending to. I know, for example, and all you know, that Pastor Chris and Flint have the gift of prophecy, not foretelling, but foretelling, because they can foretell from Bible and Scripture. But there's other people here that also have that same gift. Steve Fisher. I know this because I used to email him questions, complicated questions, and he would answer them. I know that right behind Steve Fisher is sitting Tom and Linda Ball. Linda Ball has been a teaching leader for at least 18 years in uh, Bible Study Fellowship. And Tom has been a group leader for many years. He was my group leader for a couple of years. And I've heard the things he said. So I know that these people are gifted in service, we all know we have Dunes Bible Camp over there. Not everybody knows that Steve and Linda were a big part of Dunes Bible Camp for over 30 years. And Steve still consults over there. I know this because I'm a volunteer there uh, with the maintenance guy, J Jeremy. And just last week or the week before, he came over and helped us with a pump. And he just saved us 800 bucks by identifying the tractor problem as being a battery and not the starter. <laughs> so I think 65 to 80% of this church has a gift of service. And I think 65 to 80% of this church has the gift of administration. My poster child for administration, of course, is Zara who keeps track of everything, including Pastor Chris. <laughs> That's why this church functions. You guys do service, you guys do administration, and you guys care. So many of you people are praying for people 
constantly. And that's why God works here. So, yeah, that's my uh, encouragement thing. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. I would say, <clears throat> as a practical matter, that the Lord has used me to encourage people over the last 45 years, mostly in a intimate, small, one-on-one -on -one setting. And that encouragement, I attribute to the Holy Spirit because it's usually talking about God, what God has done. The tremendous thing that God has done to create um, a way for us to have relationship with him. And for a Christian, if you're trying to help somebody through um, to figure something out or to deal with a problem, the encouragement of what God has said about them, what he's done for them in the past, what he's doing for them today in the present, and what he's promised to do for them in the future um, is very powerful. It's very encouraging, and it glorifies the Holy Spirit. And I think that's what the scriptures are for, is to glorify God. And even if we're speaking to a non-believer, the questions they have, the troubles of their heart, God's love for them, his desire to have relationship with them, and all the things that he has done and is doing to make that a reality and to pour out blessing on them is always going to be encouraging and it's never out of season and it's almost always of value to um, the individual that God has brought you uh, to come to have a conversation with. So, so that's been a pretty consistent theme of my interactions over the last 45 years. Thanks, Jen. Reload the rifle. Okay. <laughs> you didn't know that was going to happen when you sat as there. As long as I don't get shot, I'm fine. No one, no one, no one, no one. No one, no. Um, so uh, the next set of questions have to do with understanding your gift um, and learning to use it. So. Um, Connie, when did you, well, you kind of shared a little bit already about uh, when you started to use your spiritual gift, but when did you start to really understand, hey, this is, the Lord has given me this, and I'm, I'm using it to serve him. And then um, what have you done to hone or develop that gift over time? Um, the Lord has impressed on me that I need to share one of my um, pastor's wives in the past shared with us that there were many, many times that she worked in the ministry outside of her gifting at the instruction of the Lord because of the need of the body at the moment. And so I'll have to say I think that the teaching that I have done in the past has been in that light as instructed by the Lord to do it even though it's outside of my capabilities as a person and outside of my gifting from the Holy Spirit. So if you don't feel gifted, ask God to show you, and he will. Um, 
Mercy and acts of service are one of the, are two of the things that um, have been predominant in my life. As a young child, I started out alongside my siblings, and I just saw that there was a need. And as I grew older, I saw that sometimes the need was for me to provide, and sometimes the need was for me to hold back and let someone else provide. Because if I provide all the service in the work of the church, God does not use each member of the body as he chooses. So I have to follow his leading in serving. When we were notified that our dear friend Val's husband had passed, Rocky and I both went to be with her. I spent time hugging and speaking quietly with Val about depending upon God. I held her as she viewed Al's body for that last time. And I began the cleanup in her rooms, in the rooms uh, that Al had spent his last hours. I remember vividly telling God I couldn't. I couldn't do this. And God assuring me he was right there helping me. And then I also saw the encouragement of Pastor Chris and Rocky doing much of the heavy lifting needed on that day of mercy and service. While I feel service and mercy as giftings will always be part of who I am, please, I beg, don't ask me to do that particular service again. Um, Yesterday, our good friend Vicky's mother passed away. Rocky and I were in Vancouver which was a complete God thing that we would be in Vancouver for that time frame. So we asked if we could go over and talk with her. We brought her a hot cocoa and some foods to help her and talked, prayed, laughed, and reminisced. So my acts of service and mercy were a different sort in this case. I think because as I've aged, I cannot physically do as much in serving others, but I was still serving as God chose, by sitting and talking with my friend. Each gift from God is best used by having a heart of love from and for God, as well as my fellow believers. I don't know if you have more questions, but that's all I wrote, so (laughs) we'll let the Spirit lead after that. Awesome. I just want to, Connie, it sounds like some of what you're saying is that God has used your service and mercy uh, to comfort others mm. in time of various need, whether it's mm-hmm. deep need or small need, mm-hmm. but he's brought you alongside mm-hmm. to really strengthen and then to do practical mm-hmm. things that carry that out as well. And I love that you answered the third part. How did I develop my gift? I developed my gift by letting God develop a heart of love in me. Yes. Uh, so thank you for First I saw it in others and then God prompted things. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Well, uh, my gift around service, um, I'll just hone in on one aspect of that, and that's my interest in electronics and and sound gear and and that kind of stuff. Um, I've always enjoyed uh, service, and I found an interest in sound in, in, when I was in high school, it was like, how can I make this, I I think I can make this sound better. And uh, so I, uh, I sought out people who knew what they were doing more than I and learned from them 
um, you know, how you, how you set this thing up so that it, it works better. Um, I took some education. I got in online classes and, and looked at all kinds of different stuff. A lot of trial and error, trust me. Um, <laughs> we're doing some trial and error right now trying to find our phantom pops. Um, I looked for opportunities to uh, serve. As I remember, I was, when Connie and I took the membership class here, um, Pastor David uh, was, a after the, the membership section, they, they served pie. And we were just sitting there chatting, and he was trying to find out more about us and, and you know, what, what my experience had been in previous churches. And, and I said, well, actually, I'm a sound guy. He said, oh, you are. <laughs> he said, I need to introduce you to Stan. And so, and, and that, that um, kicked off a, a good friendship with, uh, with my friend Stan. And, uh, and he and I worked in the, in the sound together for, for some time. So that's, that's kind of how I, you know, started and then, and then developed that, that piece of it. Cool. Thanks, Rocky. So for you, it sounds like um, there was a, an interest, something piqued your mind about an area of service. And then you invested, you were humble. You said, well, I'm, I'm not going to do this excellently. Just because I think I can do it better doesn't mean I'm going to. And so you then learned from other people and you invested your own time. And it sounds like even some of your resources so your act of service would be excellent. And so you honed that gift by desiring to, to present an excellent service, not just uh, get the job done, but get it done well. That's cool. Thanks, Rocky. So I, when I was 10 years old, I had two older brothers, and they were very, very good at being sarcastic. And they were very, very good at putting me down. But they would make comments like, you're ugly and your mother dresses you funny or something like that. But I learned to slam them by telling them true things that they didn't think anybody else knew. My mother overheard this one day, and she said, you know, the same energy you're using to criticize your brothers could be used to encourage people. And that started me figuring out what people did that other people didn't notice that were good things. And somehow from there, I, you know, when it, the biggest growth to that was when I was 16 or a pastor was uh, asked to leave, um, which as much as I can determine was over the acoustics in the new building. Uh, anyway, but I got really involved with him and his family and, and finding, helping him find a new position and all that stuff. And I learned that I could do that. And you know, from then on, I, I just find myself in positions to encourage people to do things. Uh, see, I pick up on information that other people don't, probably because I spent 40 years as a computer programmer. I'm an analyst. Some people would say I'm hyper-analytical. Have you ever noticed if you put the word hyper in front of a character quality, it makes it sound bad? 
<laughs> you know, like if you say somebody's hyper friendly, yeah, you're not letting your kids talk to them. <laughs> but see, I can just simply see, I mean, for example, Garen's sitting here. Uh, the camp has borrowed his pickup countless times. The church has borrowed his pickup countless times to do things. I mean, that's just something he does. He has allowed people to use his pickup. And it's a very useful thing to organizations. It's the composite ability of all of you guys to contribute to the church and to each other's lives that makes it all work. It makes Christianity work. Christianity is very, very simple. Okay? Christ is God and you're not. But it's very, very complicated in working out the details in your life. <laughs> you know, and that's where each of us speak into our, each other's lives and why, why God gives people information. Um, 25 years ago or so, my wife passed away, uh, my first wife. And um, one of the weird things was that I would go to church and um, I'd have these questions. And this one guy named Steve Kerstetter would just answer the questions. Just like, how did you know that? Well, the weird thing was Steve Kerstetter had just come back to Christ. He had spent 10 years as a drug addict, had just come back to Christ and just got a job. And I'm going like, well, it's not fair that he gives me the answer. The pastor, it would be much better if the pastor gave me the answer. I'd feel better about it. But see, that's how God uses people in people's lives. Anyway, that's, I guess, my take on that. Okay, so for you, Steve, it sounds like you're saying um, God gave you this hyper-analytical brain, which he's used for good, right? Uh, and, and one of the ways he's done that is that when you were 10 and you were under trial, your brothers were kind of roasting you constantly, beating you up emotionally. Um, your mom caught on to what you were doing in reply and said, hey, that, that is an awesome power you have. Have you ever thought about you know, using that power for good? And that, that was kind of the first time that you'd heard, you might have the gift of encouragement. And then since then, in various times, God has put you up with specific individuals to build them up in times of their own difficulty or times of trial. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when did you start to use your spiritual gift and understand it? And how have you honed it? So starting to use it and starting to understand it might be different times, right? Yeah. So as a young adult, I <clears throat> started in a workplace where there was a lot of discussion. There was a lot of time for people to argue and, and uh, discuss things with each other. It was a time of upheaval in our country. Um, Vietnam War just ended, and um, Watergate was just over the near horizon. There was a lot of um, changes in our society, so there was a lot of um, different opinions at the secular workplace, and a lot of different people that were willing to um, let you know what they thought. 
And at the same time, uh, the Lord was leading me to listen to a lot of Christian teaching. Um, and uh, I was kind of being enveloped in a Christian worldview. And in these discussions, um, I became identified with that. You know, that's the Christian guy. So if you have a complaint or an accusation or a charge or a, uh, just, a, just a good uh, something you want to get off your chest about what's wrong with Christianity, go attack that guy. So um, I got a lot of practice at trying to articulate um, what the scripture says about who we are and why God made us, who God is, and... Um, how he thinks about us and what he's done for us. So, lots of practice. I, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe. If I gave you a figure of how many hours, uh, you wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense to you. But it's a lot. And um, a few years after that, I, w I was kind of drafted into the a different uh, type uh, <coughs> of work uh, within this work workplace. And that was uh, working for the union, and I was involved in dispute resolution. And um, it, this practice and, and this, and this um, task of trying to articulate a Christian perspective on issues of the day or ideas or how we should live um, got incorporated into my trying to help people um, that were in a crisis or a dispute. And uh, as I was doing this um, work as a union advocate, I realized that almost all disputes have a, a very strong component in their source of some type of miscommunication. Some type of misunderstanding has taken place and bad things were said, bad things were done, and now we have to unravel it and um, at, underneath it was some type of miscommunication. And so I, I felt really uh, impelled by necessity and also by prompting the Holy Spirit, I should find out about this communication thing because it kind of causes a lot of problems. And um, so I went to the bookstore. We didn't have the internet then. I went to the bookstore and found all the good Christian books I could find and all the good uh, secular psychology, communication, and I studied as much as I could. I tried to learn as much as I could. And God has used um, all these experiences and all this work and study to help me sometimes um, be helpful to other people in being able to communicate in a gracious and effective way. Thanks, Jim. So you're, for you, um, the Lord put you in work situations yes. that caused you to grow, and, and a lot of it's because you decided that God wanted to use you in those circumstances. Yes. So instead of going, why are all these people attacking me? It was like, well, these people all have this fundamental existential crisis. They don't understand their existence, who God is. And so how can I help them bridge that gap, communicating with them? And then when he moved you into a role where you are helping conflicting parties to reconcile. Uh, he continued to kind of bring that aspect of yeah, grace they, they, together. They work together. Yeah. Because that's, 
was needed in the first part of that interaction was I needed to explain for somebody how they could get from where they're at to where they're stuck to where God has for them. Okay. So for you guys at home and for you guys whose hearing aids didn't quite amplify that enough, Jim said that he married, uh, God used his past and married it to that present opportunity um, and helped him to define where someone was at with them and uh, to graciously see where God might be calling them to be. I'm guessing though that in like union type negotiations, um, maybe you had to encapsulate that in other concepts aside from Jesus wants you to do this. The truth is always helpful. It's always pertinent. And you don't have to, you don't have to in a secular setting necessarily say that this is God revealed truth. You can just um, put it out there and it stands on its own. Cool. Because the truth is undefeated. Awesome. Good job. Okay, so then the final thing I'd like to invite each of you to do is just to share a short testimony of a time, maybe one of your favorite times that God has used your gift. Not, not as an effort of bragging, um, but to remind us that like, there's really exciting things that happen when we say yes to serving Jesus with the opportunities and with the gifts that he's given us. Um, I, I probably already touched on it when I didn't write number four and kept reading from my little notes, but I'll just say that I um, particularly noticed, Rocky and I were talking last night, and I particularly noticed that in our body, as we saw God's giftings being used in the body and then the pandemic hit, how that changed so much of how we use our gifts of mercy and service, in my case, um, if a lot of that went online or on the phone or in a card or letter. So I'd encourage you, if you still have some reasons you don't feel you can serve in a group, that there are many ways that you can serve and allow God to use you uh, to do that. Um, I'm currently serving uh, several hours a week online with Trim Healthy Mama. I encourage people who, in this world, food is an issue. And we don't want food to be an issue for us. We want to be able to submit to God in how we're eating, how we're living, how we're being with other people. And so that's one way that I share. Thanks, Connie. Um, Connie, already, I, I'd like to hone in on a, on a different gift uh, other than service. Um, I believe I've got the, the gift of encouragement. Um, Connie already hit on one uh, w with our friend yesterday, Vicki, who lost her mom yesterday morning. Um, there's another one that, that I was able to use that gift in because uh, several of you know that, at, uh, I don't know, a couple, few years ago, I was having some real eyesight problems. And um, in fact, I was going blind in my right eye. Um, and I had several surgeries on that and, um, doing okay now. And that's a good thing. Um, but I, I, uh, I have a friend from high school who, um, and I just happened to see this on Facebook, um, that she was having the same prob kind of problems that I was having. 
and she was going to be having the same surgery. So I was able to connect with her and say, hey, Cheryl, I have gone through exactly the same surgery you're going to be going through. Here's how it plays out. Here's what they did to me, and I'm doing just fine, and you will too. And today, she's doing just fine. But that was, that, she had a lot of questions, and, uh, but I was able to encourage her that, yeah, it's gonna be okay. Um, it's, it's not as bad as it sounds, even though they're drilling holes in your eyeball. So, <laughs> it, 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 well, yeah, it wasn't a lot of fun, but it wasn't, it, we came through on the other side, and I was able to use that to help encourage her. That's good. Rocky, you have the steadfastness of faith. I remember that season. You were explaining to me that they were going to take all the fluid out of your eye and fill it with a gas. <laughs> I just yeah. thought. Well, they actually oil. filled it with oil. Oh, it's an oil, an oil. oil. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like five and then I had to get my oil changed after 90 days. Yeah, yeah. So I just remember um, that was a scary time. And you prayed, you know, a lot. The elders prayed and prayed with you. Um, but you, you held fast to your faith. And it's not surprising that God used that journey to, to serve your friend by encouraging her at the right time. That's good. Steve? So about 15 years ago... Um, my previous wife passed away in 2003. And when I remarried, uh, we left, we changed churches because I didn't want her in a position where others would compare her to my previous wife. And we started at a small group, um, my wife and I, and we were new and, uh, Everybody introduced themselves, and the first week there, a lady said that she had been married 30 years, and she didn't know what she did wrong, and why she ended up with a divorce. And for the next three weeks, she said the same thing. On the fourth week, when she said it, I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> so I said, can I ask you a couple questions? And she goes, sure. I go, um, why did you divorce? And she goes, oh, my husband had an affair. Oh, okay. Second question, is your husband still serving the Lord? She goes, oh, no, no, he left the Lord same time. So I said, okay, we're going to put this to a vote. All the guys get a vote, none of the women. How many of you guys think that she's doing the right thing? All the guys raise their hand. Okay, how many guys think she's doing the wrong thing? Nobody raised their hand. So I turned to her and I said, we're guys. We have no sensitivity, which means we wouldn't lie. We can't really lie when, you know, we just tell the truth as we know it. And I said, if we as guys think you did the right thing, yeah, you did the right thing. And I said, and I'll tell you two more things. One is, your ex will call you up and ask to get reunited with you. And I tell you that because you need to have holstered your answer. Now me, I would just say no. But you might have a more colorful answer. Three weeks later, she comes back and yeah, he called up, wanted to get reunited with him. And 
And that gave her the confidence from that time on. She started the ministry with people who had, you know, been left after a long time. Um, I didn't have any special insight that her husband would, her ex would call up. I just know from experience that that happens a lot. That the guy suddenly realizes that, yeah, he had a really good thing and he blew it. <laughs> it just happens that way. Anyway, that's an example. So I would say that over 45 years of having um, impactful conversations in which the Holy Spirit's been faithful to work, um, I have the expectation that every day in every setting um, that is likely to happen again. The Holy Spirit will meet us. He'll be working in and through us to accomplish his good purposes. And I think God's pretty faithful at fulfilling that every day. That, that does it for the panel questions. I'd like to thank each of you for coming and sharing with us today. Um, before you head off the stage, I'd like to pray for you and, and for the, the congregation, and then I'll, I'll wrap things up. Father, thank you for um, Connie and for Rocky and for Sue and for Jim and for the ways that you have gifted them, the ways that you have used them. Uh, Lord, it's plain from their testimonies that um, one of the things that they love is that their gifts help people know you more your comfort, your truth, your love, your presence, your presence, and how you care for the practical parts of life. Father, I pray that you would continue to hone them, um, that in this season of their life, that they would see that uh, it's not time to rest on their laurels, but continue to press on, to uh, fight the good fight, to run the race, to finish the course, Father. Lord, we also pray that you would pour your spirit on us continually, that you would help us to hear your individual moments of calling, that you would help us to understand more and more uh, with clarity the gifts that you have given us and how that interacts with our own story and personality uh, so that we can serve others best, Lord. And Lord, just like these four, would you help our hearts to be humble, to get out of the way so that serving is not about us, but instead is about you. And would you cause us to rejoice in that as you receive glory and praise. We thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So uh, to wrap things up and to encourage you as a congregation, in the Sermon on the Mount, um, Jesus talks about every human he's talking with. He says, you are the salt of the earth, right? And he's talking about salt's good qualities of seasoning, right, giving flavor, um, but also preserving and even transforming things. Uh, that are unusable to good strong use so those are the things that jesus is hinting at and then he says you are the light of the world uh, and he says no one lights a lamp and puts it under a bushel basket or you might say uh, nobody turns on their flashlight and then throws it under their couch right a little bit more modern translation um, but instead let your good works shine forth so that those who see might glorify your father in heaven uh, God has good work for you to do. 
as you humbly serve the people around you. You might not be able to identify your specific gift. What's cool about these four is that, you know, some of them have this crystal clear concept. This is what I do. And, and for a couple, it's like, well, here's some stuff that God has used me for in the past, and I'm open to do that again. And both camps are okay. Um, but what you're hearing in each of them is a desire to serve and, and uh, eyes that have a vision. God, where do you want me to serve right now? What are you asking me to do right now? And that creates the opportunity. So let your light shine so that people might see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. As, as you serve, as you shine, pray that that would be the case, right? Our culture likes to glorify individuals, but we don't want to be glorified. We want to see Jesus be glorified in what we do and how we do it. So thank you guys very much. Thank you all for being excellent listeners today. That's awesome. Thank you for doing that. I'd like to invite the worship team up to lead us in a final song.